Let's look ahead to Thursday in the NBA. It's a very busy Thursday. There are nine games on. We're going to look at waiver wire streaming, the stream of the day, what's on my radar. And we're going to put Cam Johnson of the Brooklyn Nets under the lens. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I can't be sidetracked by cheap sex potions. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making LockedOnFantasyBasketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. We're here to get into the games for Thursday, daily look ahead, look at some waiver wire options, some streaming options, all of that stuff. I already told you what we're going to do. So let's get straight into looking at some injury updates. We will start by looking at Jalen Smith, who has um, what they called a heel contusion initially. They're still calling it a heel contusion. They're also hiding it under there. There is a knee bone bruise, which of course is the actual injury where his knee bent backwards. He's going to be out for a week. So you'd think this opens up a ton of value for Isaiah Jackson. Sort of does, but Jackson's questionable himself, and they recalled rebounding legend Oscar Shibway. Now, Shibway can't do a huge amount of other things, but like Reggie Evans in the past, a guy that can pull down big rebound numbers is someone to at least look at in deeper leagues. So there is some value there opening up for Jackson to be streamed if he plays, but if he doesn't, then it's Shibway. And they are they just sort of deeper league options, yes, but they are guys... Uh, they are guys that we can pay some level of uh, of attention to. Tyler Hero remains out on the Miami side of things. Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent are likely out as well. Jaden McDaniels is out. Lowry Markinen is out with that hamstring injury. Um, Dean Wade is currently questionable. Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable for the Nets. Um, Nick Richards was questionable, but he has been ruled out now. I've got Bog, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Harris both as questionable. Now, they've been ruled out for Wednesday's game, but the Pistons have a Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back, so I don't know their status for Thursday's game. Jimmy Butler is officially questionable for Thursday's action, as is Haywood Highsmith. Um, obviously, with those guys are out, then there's millions of opportunities there. It's Robinson, it's Lowry, it's Huckers, it's Richardson, all those sort of guys get a bump. Isaiah Jackson, as I mentioned, is questionable, and TJ McConnell joins him as questionable there. If TJ doesn't play, then Nempard gets a little bit of a boost in those deeper league stream-type scenarios. I'm going to list LeBron James questionable. LeBron is is still questionable for Wednesday's game, so there's a chance he doesn't play on Thursday as well, so that's possible. Um, Jared Vanderbilt Bar is out on Wednesday, so maybe he's available Thursday. Who knows? And we haven't had an update yet. I don't believe... Not yet. Um, no update yet on Jeremy Sohan, who left the last game with knee soreness for the Spurs. If he is out, Blake Wesley would move into a backup role, I'm guessing, or it might be Devontae Graham, who's played about 20 minutes all season. Um, and Trey Jones would be the start and would be the stream, but we just don't have uh, an update yet on Sohan. I don't believe it's a serious issue. Last game for Chicago, both Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan left the game early and didn't return with foot issues. Not sure how serious they are. In fact, I'd go and bet that they're probably not all that serious. But I don't know. We don't have an official update on those guys, um, those guys just yet. 
Paddy Connaughton was questionable, and then he got ruled out. That didn't look like a particularly great ankle sprain. I'm going to guess he's out for a um, a little bit more time in that one. Anthony Edwards left last game with a hip issue because someone slid in to take a charge. One of the worst things about basketball is that move. It's not defense. It's ridiculous, and players are getting hurt, and Anthony Edwards got hurt. We saw it. Hopefully, he's okay. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is likely, I believe, likely to play today. So he's been upgraded to probable, same as Kelly Olenek, for Wednesday's game. Now, they do have a Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back, so I'm not sure whether Clarkson's available. I think he'll be okay. Uh, Chris Paul left last game with a leg injury after about four minutes and never returned. We don't have an update on that at this point, so I am going to leave Chrissy as questionable. But in big news, Cam Thomas has been upgraded to probable. Now, he is going to be on a minutes limit, so he does probably come off the bench for that first game back. It gives you a little bit more scope to still sell high on Spencer Dinwiddie. Obviously, it completely nukes Lonnie Walker, who already nuked himself. But Thomas is returning. If he was dropped, you add him. I still don't know how to view his rest of season numbers, but he is coming back. And then the, the Heat are doing their usual thing. We're at a bio when Robinson listed probable, so they'll play. They just do this all the time. He continues to remain frustrating the way they... Um, the way they use the injury report. But you know what? The rules are there and they do it. It's annoying for us, but I know that they don't care. And what can I do about it? Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next event. It should be a fun experience because you're going to do something fun. That's what entertainment is. But sometimes these apps are so frustrating. The price gets hidden. You have these worries about guarantees on the authenticity of the tickets and the pricing and all that sort of stuff. But they've got flash deals over at game time where something comes up last minute in your area. Bang. Hey, want a ticket of this? Discounted. You go, that's pretty good to me. They've got their zone deals where you just pick an area that you want to sit. They pick the specific seat and you can save up to 18% on those deals. They've got the event cancellation protection, job loss protection as well. And the game time guarantee means you always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section or the same row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, that will, um, what's going to take us under the lens? We are going to Brooklyn for the under the lens, and we are looking at Cameron Johnson because he's one of those guys that is so highly dependent on his shooting, and that leads people at times to misevaluate his fantasy production. I get a lot of questions about. Cam, like, oh, do I actually need to roster him? Should I be dropping him? Um, why is this guy cramping all the time? Yeah, we get all these questions. Johnson is a top 75 player already this season. And over the last week, he is the 39th ranked player in minus one rankings. That's over four games. He's only played 10 for the season, but he is 39th over the last week. He's averaging almost 35 fantasy points, which is good for 61st. And I still think there's room for this to get better. So we can look at his numbers. And again, when we look at under the lens, it's either the biggest riser in production over the last week or biggest faller. And he's one of the biggest risers that does play on the Thursday. Big numbers. But he's only averaging 30.6 minutes over his last four games. He's hitting 44% from three. And with most players, I'd look at that and go, okay, but that's that's probably going to regress. You know, We can look at that dropping off. For him, I'm not sure. I don't know that it falls off because last season he shot 40.4% and the year before he shot 42.5. So it probably does fall from 43.5, but to 40, 41, 
It's not that big of a drop. This is what he does. Now, he did hit only 37% um, uh, last season. Oh, I said 37% last season. That number's actually wrong. There's 37% this season. Yeah, he's, he's only at 37% this season. I just spoke wrong. The graphic was right. He's at 37.1% this season from three. So, obviously, that was really poor to begin this season, and it's pushing up. I think we can look at 40% three-point shooting from Cam Johnson as a realistic number. But one thing I do want to focus on with him is we look at his numbers last season, 29 minutes. And he's playing 29 this season as well, but he's improved. And part of the difference is last season, he averaged 1.9 assists. There is a difference in rebounds, 4.4 versus 5.8. But last season, 1.9 assists. This season, three. The last four games, almost five assists per game. Is that real? I think the absence of Ben Simmons is an interesting factor in this. I don't know when Simmons is returning, but also remember at the end of last season, Simmons didn't play with Johnson, so he wasn't a part of that. And what I found really interesting when digging into some of the extra numbers, he's got a 3.9 box creation. Now you might say, what does that mean, Josh? And fair enough. A box creation is a per 100 estimate of the number of open shots that get created for a teammate. So when you're sitting at 3.9, that is in the 66th percentile in the NBA. So his ability to create shots for his teammates that are good is, is part of it. It's not just even if they go in. It's do you, how are you working to create those open shots? And that is a career high for him. He was at 3.3 last season, 2.4 the year before that, 1.9 the year before that. Steady improvement. So when we look at his assists per game rising, we go, well, that's 4.8 over the last seven days versus 1.9 last season. Big jump. That's probably going to come down. But over the course of this entire season, his creation ability has jumped up and he's become a much better passer. So while I do look at both the three-point percentage and the assists falling a little bit, I'm not convinced they're going to go back to uh, the 37% that he's hitting three for the season or even those last year assist numbers. I think there's been a change in the way he's being used and some of his skill numbers. And that's one of those things that gets a little bit hidden when we talk about fantasy. We don't necessarily see that, and that's why I think it's important to dig in. Let's look at some back-to-back guys or the teams that do play back-to-back. So when we're looking, there's only two teams, and they're not great for streaming. It's the Knicks and the Spurs. They're the only two teams that play the Thursday, Friday back-to-back. But remember, Saturday has 12 games and Sunday has zero. So if you're looking to get games in, you've got to get them in on these two days. Like You don't really have any other option. Twelve Saturday with 12 is going to be really hard to get value come out of. Let's look at the streams of the day now for Thursday. Four 10-team category leagues. I am going with Leaky Beasley. He's also the Yahoo point streamer and the ESPN point streamer. He's absolutely red hot at the moment, and that can drop at any point, but he's worth a, worth a crack. For 12-teamers, I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry as my stream option. For 14-teamers, it's Aaron Neesmith, who's available everywhere. I don't like him in 12s, but I do like him in 14s. And for 16s, I'm going to go with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's going to continue to start. He is a relatively poor permanent guy. We know that, but in very deep leagues, 96% available. Yeah, the, the ability to at least do something or pop off occasionally when you're playing close to 30 minutes um, is always worth at least investigating whether you want to take that gamble on it. What is on my radar across the nine games? The first game that we're going to look at, we've got the Portland Trailblazers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I want to see Shaden Sharp because obviously his efficiency has been really, really poor, but he has been able to increase a few other things lately, especially the assist rate. Is that something that's going to stick with him? And how does that integrate if they put Scoot Henderson back into the starting lineup? That is all very key. Darius Garland was on the buy low show the other day because we talked about the poor assist rate. He had eight assists last game. So let's see, does that stick up? Do the assists stay up? Do the turnover stay down? Have we turned a corner? We'll see. It's one game. I don't know. In terms of streams, not a lot that I love here. Matisse Leibel and Isaac Okoro, I guess we're only streaming them for defensive numbers. There's not much available here unless you want to go to the Tamani Kamara's, the Duop Wreath type situations. 
the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets is the next game for the Hornets. Brandon Miller is someone I want to watch, but also just as I put this up, a injury report came through where he is questionable with an ankle injury. He went to the locker room with looked like a head injury, got smacked in the head, and then returned on this ankle problem, but he is questionable. Now, if he is out, what the hell do they do? They probably have to start PJ Washington and put Haywood and Bridges at the two and the three. But that means that someone like Bryce McGowan's is going to have to play minutes off the bench, which will be something to watch. I also want to see how Dinwiddie copes with the return of Cam Thomas, how or what sort of impact there is there. In terms of streams, it probably is Ish Smith for the um, for the Hornets, but maybe it could be McGowan's. And then Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal would look okay for the, um, for the Nets, but Cam Thomas returning does uh, complicate some of that stuff. The Pistons and the next, Knicks is the next game. The Pistons are on a back-to-back. And for New York, I want to watch Josh Hart. I want to see how the Hart-Barrett-Quickly minutes interplay looks. Barrett lost minutes last game. Hart pushed up. And we know the Knicks are one of the better streaming teams here. In fact, they're probably the best streaming team. A Thursday-Friday back-to-back, plus they're in the in-season tournament quarterfinal. So they play on either Monday or Tuesday. I don't know which day it is exactly. And that's there's no other team that has that schedule. So the Knicks guys, in terms of like a Josh Hart or a Quickly, that is a really interesting opportunity for those players. For Detroit, I do want to see Marcus Sasser as a stream guy, but who who knows, man? Their rotation seems to change every game. Maybe it's Marvin Bagley, but he got zeroed last game, so they could try Marvin Bagley the fourth instead. Um, so who knows whether he's in. And Josh Hart is the ideal streamer there for the Knicks. He's still available in 50% plus of leagues. Indiana and Miami is the next game. I do want to see the Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith situation. Neesmith returned last game. Toppin played barely 20 minutes. That obviously doesn't make him a 12-team league guy. What does what happens now with Jalen Smith out and maybe Isaiah Jackson not playing? Do they actually go to Shibwe or do they play Obi Toppin as the backup center? And that would open up a lot for Toppin, but it open up a lot for Neesmith and even like a Jordan Wara as well. That is very key to watch. I also want to watch Jaime Huckers, who continues to play well and continues to have a lot of opportunity. Um, the shooting, I still am skeptical and I, I will be for a while, but he's been playing really well. Let's see how that all looks. And... In terms of streams, it is Neesmith that I look at on the paces and then Kyle Lowry as a very, very good stream. But you could throw Huckers and Richardson in there for Miami also. What's on my radar for the next game? It is the Lakers and the Thunder. This is a back-to-back for the Lakers. Um, they go to Oklahoma City. I do want to see what's happened or what is happening with Josh Giddy. Obviously, there was that report from the Newport Police Department saying that they're looking into things and want people to give information. I don't actually know what any of that... Well, not that I don't know what it means, but I don't know. Is, is that a normal thing for the Newport Beach Police Department to open up this investigation? Obviously, it doesn't look great uh, at the moment, but who knows? The details are still very much up in the air about ages and times, so I don't know. But it, is it actually impacting Giddy? I'm not even sure if it is because he's just been playing bad regardless. And he is moving very, very quickly to being a drop based on play alone. In terms of streams, Cam Reddish, he looks like he'll be back on Wednesday, so he's worth a look. And Isaiah Joe is always going to be your three-point stream option or just your stream option in general, ahead of Cason Wallace, most likely there for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The next game is the Atlanta Hawks and the San Antonio Spurs. I want to see if we get any crossover Capella Okongwu minutes. Okongwu has been, I think, solid enough. Good minutes two games ago. Good production last game. The thing that's been really lacking for him has been blocks, and I want to see whether that can return. Um, in terms of the Spurs, Zach Collins has been shooting horribly, and you'll see some of his uh, production numbers, and they don't look great because he just cannot shoot. He's like 27% from three, and he's a much better shooter than that. So I want to see whether that turns around. There has been some whispers with the Spurs that at some point they think they might just start Wimbanyama at center. I'm not, I don't really think that'll happen, but if that does happen, obviously that kills Zach Collins' value. 
So we want to see if there's any inkling of that happening. In terms of streams, there's not a lot that's available in a lot of spots. Obviously, it's Bogdanovich, Hunter Bay for the Hawks. But otherwise, we go to AJ Griffin, but that's deep, deep, deep stuff. And then for the Spurs, yeah, Trey Jones, if he's available, but he doesn't hit my cutoff here, he's like 53% rostered. Otherwise, you go to Malachi Branham, and you feel pretty disgusting about it because I don't think you're going to get much value back out of old Malachi. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the offers for the NFL and the NBA on FanDuel stay hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. They've got their parlays. They've got spreads and totals and money lines and player props. Futures, it is all there, and you can have a look at all of the NBA's in-season tournament knockout stage information, MVPs, game winners, uh, final total uh, champion for the tournament. You can check all that out over at FanDuel also. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, that will bring us into finishing off these uh, these bunch of games and, and what is on my radar. Uh, in those games, we're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls. Bob Portis has been really struggling. I'm not necessarily looking at his production, so I sort of am, but it's more minutes. Like, is he going to stay at 22 or is he pushed to 26? Because 22 Bob Portis isn't enough. With Pat Connaughton out, does that impact Portis? Port, not Portis, well, that's, that's not him. Portis, um, we'll see what happens there. Um, for the Bulls, it's Kobe White, who has been playing much better. And there's still the cloud over Levine and DeRozan. There's also the injury statuses we need to look at too. So we'll see what happens with Kobe White here. In terms of streams, it is Leaky Beasley for the, the Bucks that I like. He could be dreadful because he might not hit a shot. But with all these wings going down, like Crowder and Connaughton, he's going to have to play minutes. And then for the Bulls, Patrick Williams is the guy that I look at. He started last game. I think he'll start again. I don't know if it works out. He's been dreadful at times. We know this, but the last couple of games have been good. So I guess we try it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do try it. In fact, I, I would try it. Um, the Jazz and the Wolves back-to-back here for Utah. We need to check on guys like uh, Olenek and Clarkson. Looks like they'll play on Wednesday, so they should be okay for this one. And then for the Wolves, the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed. He was really good last game, but is that real? Like, is Reed's minutes, if they're 20, they're not enough. If they're 24, they are. So his playing time is something we need to pay attention to and how that fits in with Anderson and Alexander Walker. In terms of streams, I put Omer Yurtsev in there, but I don't know. Is he going to get a start for two games in a row? Are they going to go back to Walker Kessler? What about Fontecchio starting in place of Markin? And he's probably worth a look there too. And then you've got your Sextons and Horton Tuckers, but that's always a, a very big gamble. And then for the Wolves, it is Alexander Walker or Kyle Anderson or Nas Reed, but Reed's a little bit higher than the roster cutoff that I usually uh, use in this situation. The Clippers and the Warriors is the next game. The Clippers are on a back-to-back. And for the Warriors, I want to watch Moses Moody. Not because I think there's much fantasy value there, but he was absolutely cooking last game. Steve Kerr uh, benched him, and then they asked... Moses was... Moses. Gee, I, sorry, sorry, Kendrick, I apologize. Um, Moses Moody was cooking, and they said, look, why did you take him off? Because, oh, you know, I just wanted to make sure I got the veterans back in. NBA coaches' ability to deep-throw veterans is unparalleled. That's why Marcus Morris keeps playing. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't get... How long do you have to be in the NBA to be a veteran? This is Moody's fourth season. Fourth or third? It's fourth, fourth season. It is his fourth season, isn't it? Like, how long do you be in the NBA to be a veteran? Now, I know Andrew Wiggins has been there and Clay Thompson has been there. But when a guy's cooking, he's not a rookie. He's been around for this amount of time. Like, he's been held back so badly on this team. Moses Moody on another team would be a very, very serviceable starter. 
He's getting into that group. Well, it's a bunch group of point guards that I think are underutilized at the moment. Emmanuel quickly, uh, Kobe White was one of them. Cole Anthony's one of them. But now there's a bunch of shooting guards as well. Um, uh, Quentin Grimes and uh, Moses Moody, definitely one of those guys. That, there's a bigger role there somewhere. And this NBA locker room veteran politics is really frustrating. But after Kerr literally said that out loud and everyone's gone, bro, like, are you, you okay? We'll see if there's any change in what they do with the rotation. In terms of streams for the Clippers, Norman Powell is probably there. You could throw Daniel Tice in it. And I think Dario Saric is still worth a stream for the Warriors. Um, but look out for Moody or Pajemski if we hear that Chris Paul is sidelined in this game. That are, that, that are that is the games for Thursday. Let's look at some two-for-one options. We're looking Spurs and Knicks only. So Jeremy Sohan would be the guy if he was actually available. Then we've got Josh Hart, Isaiah Hartenstein, Dante DiVincenzo, Malachi Branham, and Quentin Grimes. It's rough, man. Like It's not great streaming options. Obviously, if Trey Jones is there, you go grab him. In terms of chunks, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're not streaming Saturday. We're not streaming Sunday, but we can do Thursday, Friday, and Monday. But there's nothing that's super strong. The, only, the most that anyone plays is two games. So you've got Sohan and Hart. Now, remember, the Knicks do play again on Tuesday, so that gives them the boost. Sammy Hauser, Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, they all play Tuesday as well, the Pacers guys. Um, also, they play Monday, so that's why they got the two games there. And then Isaiah Hartenstein with the uh, the two games for the Knicks, which will push into three if you extended this out to Tuesday with the in-season tournament. Let's finish it off by looking at the streams. The 10-team stream of the day, we go to Malik Beasley, followed by Sadiq Bay, Nas Reed, Kobe White, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry. All very, very strong options there. Give the priority to guys who are going to be playing in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. For 12-team streams, uh, Alex Caruso's on that list. We still have worries about his health and his body. Um, Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson, Pat Williams, who I think is probably a priority ad at the moment, just to see what happens. Aaron Neesmith and Caleb Martin is an option there. In terms of deeper streams, we do go to Joshy Richardson, and that value would uh, spike even further if Jimmy Butler is out. Isaiah Joe, Terrence Mann, Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, and Rock and Royce O'Neal, the Baz Marty Man. Lastly, we go to points leagues, 50% rostered or below. Keontae George looks really good to me there. So does uh, Leaky Beasley, Sadiq Bay, Duncan Robinson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Kyle Lowry. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb that up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.